red button is hit. Okay. Y'all are live. So, I got the music coming. Here go. <laughs> Where's the music, Aaron? <laughs> Inside joke. Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Joan Pettit. And I'm Guthrie Straw, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. This is the show where we bring you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains and transit, adventures and life hacks, and today, Becky Joe's car-free lifestyle. Hey. Hey, hey, Becky. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, so do you want to just like introduce yourself to folks a little bit? I think uh, many of our listeners will uh, recognize your name and the title of the column that you wrote for Bike Portland for a while, but can you tell us a little about yourself? Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm your typical 45-year-old female here in Portland, Oregon, born and raised, um, third generation here in Portland. Um, yeah, so I had the typical life, you know, a couple divorces under my belt, and I've bred my small army of four children. And so one day I was... Uh, we were already down to one car. We had one car for our family for about 10 years, just under 10 years. And um, we were kind of biking the kids to school here and there. And my husband unit and I were tossing back and forth. Wouldn't it be funny if we got rid of the car? Wouldn't it be funny? We could totally get rid of the car. We hardly ever use it. Let's just get rid of the car. So you know how couples do that. You kind of lob things back and forth and you don't really commit. And I'm uh, driving my high school girl to the... Uh, high school play that she was in we're driving along and the words are still hanging out of her mouth guess what i was doing upstairs i was downloading you know miyazaki films on my phone all you have to do is put google docs and then a movie in your search and you will find it and i'm looking at her trying to drive straight and look at her at the same time i'm like you did what and she's like yeah you just have to you know kids all are schooling is on google docs these days and all you have to do is put a movie and put google docs after it and you can just download it and watch it and I'm like that's pirating no it's not yes it is it's pirating movies she's like no it's not so before we get home from the musical it was mary poppins before we get home from the musical we already had our first email uh, from because she did it on her phone so it was from at&t the first email you know you had downloaded she had watched three movies that we own mind you we own these movies she had downloaded three movies and one was still downloading she didn't know it as we were driving so there's no like oh it wasn't us as we're driving with her phone and she's downloading spirited away or whatever it was and so um and then by sunday we had the uh, you know, turning you over to the FBI and shutting down your accounts, which has business lines on it. You know, mind you, we had a fairly hefty AT&T bill every month anyway. Um, but no, that ended up being $1,100 a month in fines for a year um, to not shut us down and everything and to not fight it in court because we really didn't want to lose our phone account either. And so we were like, you know what? 
you are going to learn a very good lesson. We are going to sell the car and everyone's going to be biking or transit. And so I've learned a really good lesson. <laughs> well, that's, that's what I was going to say when we like come up with these elaborate uh, exacting punishments for our kids and 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 not that being car free is a punishment but you know <laughs> the whole this is hurting me as much as it's hurting you thing well it's it's you know both economically you know this is a lesson this is you know sustainability both um your ability to to survive a difficult situation at any point in life and also you know environmentally we try to be very cautious about things in general um and so I was trying to like, you know, instill this in them. And I'm not sure kids are funny. They're like um, planting spring bulbs in the winter. You don't really know what's going to pop up in the spring. Half of it rots, half of it gets taken out by squirrels. And I have a 26 year old. So I know that once they become adults, you have no idea what's actually going to stick in there until they're actually already adults. So um, with the teenagers right now, I have no clue what's going to, is this going to stick? Is it not going to stick? Are they going to remember something random? Kids always remember the, you know, I got my lunch at school and a spider came out. And I'm like, what? No, that's not the memory you take into adulthood. You're supposed to remember these important, wonderful lessons and Thanksgiving dinners. No, they remember the spider and the lunch bag. So, um, so how long has it been now since you all sold, you sold your car oh, recently. about a year right now. You so are it's been on a my year. anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. It's been a year. And, uh, when we first started doing it, the youngest, she was second grade. She couldn't ride on her own yet. Um, she learned real quick. Uh, <laughs> So um, she was already too big for the burly trailer. So uh, and she wasn't balancing on her own. So I got one of those those hitch right along things to the back of my bike and had her on that. And that embarrassed her long enough that she learned how to ride really quick <laughs> on her own. And so she was riding all winter last year on her own to school and back. And um, yeah. She, oh, and then we started volunteering at her school to do the morning traffic. And she would go out with me with the flags and stuff and help with traffic control because people are crazy. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Wow. So, so you're, you're, so before had she been then you had, she had been walking or driving to school and then we she would went, walk or bike, you know, mm -hmm. or, you know, she, there's a bus stop down the street too. So I would get mm -hmm. busy and let her ride the bus. And then, um, I quit letting her do that. <laughs> so then she became, so you all started being like a kind of full-time bike family or non-car family in the winter. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's hardcore. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's one thing for me because um, the majority of my childhood, I grew up out in boring. So, you know, having hardcore winters and just kind of toughing it out for miles at a time or out in acreage, you know, is, you know, all the kids would go up to the mountain and stuff like that. So me, weather was kind of it was kind of really cool seeing weather again year round, you know, like, why <laughs> do we hide her from weather so much? So I had this awesome experience of like, oh, yes, you can experience weather like rain doesn't kill you. Why do we hide from it? You know, it's really fun. So that was like fun to relive that. I don't know that they felt the same way, but I felt that <laughs> way. <laughs> um, so yeah, we did it through the winter. Uh, oh, I totally, I didn't write about this and I meant to write about this in Bike Partland, but I got Howley Rot so bad. So do you know what Howley Rot is? Mm -mm. Have you ever been to Hawaii? So they tell you, especially as a white person, as a um, 
has a howie. Once you get to Hawaii, you got to dry off all the time because you will totally get howie rot. And I think in Florida, they call it something else for the surfers. But it's when if you don't dry off between each time you sweat and get wet and everything, you'll get a skin fungus. And it just looks like a funky red rash and stuff. And you'll go to the doctor and be like, I'm dying. Obviously, I have cancer. And they're like, no, you have it's got another fancy Latin name, but I just call it Hallie Rock because that's what I learned in my 20s. And I'm sure that's probably not PC and someone's going to get mad at me, even though I'm, it's like calling myself a cracker. So I don't know, whatever. Anyway, so I totally got Hallie Rock. And uh, so make sure you dry off in the winter, even if you're just biking five minutes and in the rain. <laughs> so yeah, that's fun to get rid of. You have to like wash with Celsius and Blue for a month. And then... Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, it was fun. And then the the girl, she would take the bus to high to high school and back. And then now they're not really doing it. But when we do go and hit run errands, yeah, I've taught them how to take their bikes on the bus, um, to combo it on the max. We've gone all over town. We've gone to Beaverton. We've gone everywhere just doing different sports events and things like that. And yeah, I've got them fully loaded and geared up too. What nice. would you, oh Guthrie, were you gonna jump in? Oh, I was just gonna say what would what would you say was is like the best you know, sometimes we do things like this and we have an idea of like what's gonna be great about it and what's not, and then we're totally wrong about <laughs> you know. So oh. were there some things where you were like, Oh, something that's actually a lot easier than I thought was, or something that's a lot more complicated than I expected turned out to be? Oh, you know, I've come to this realization now that it's been a year that anybody starting out on this journey, you will evolve a good eight times in the first year. You will come across so many things that you think it's going to be one way and it's going to be another. Um, Grocery shopping, you know, I think I thought for sure I would have to I put into the budget that I would need a rental car a couple times a year or I would I would need the zip car up the street at the I'm down the street from the University of Pennsylvania. They've got a couple zip cars that the college kids there use as hotel rooms. And um, every once in a while, I would, you know, get one. And I thought I really needed to do that. And I actually, I don't. It's, it's, it's actually a bigger pain in the butt than just taking my bike. Um, I use my, how do you, I'm still not good at, I hate French. French is terrible for me. How do you say pe- panier, paniers? I pan- say pannier. <laughs> the damn saddlebags. The saddlebags. What do you say? Yeah, yeah I, paniers. I say, yeah, I say bike yeah. bag if I'm feeling self-conscious, but I say pannier. How do you say I, it? I say trailer. Nice! Because <laughs> nice. It's, a, it's a trailer that I hook onto my bike. It's I have one of those, too. I bought <laughs> no, another one. I, I usually say pannier. Pannier. Yeah. Okay, so size. those I love. I love those things. Um, the the meme with the, the guy on the bike with the goat on his back is totally real. Like you think you're going to wear a backpack with stuff in it, but no, it feels like you're riding down the street with a goat on your back. Um, I sold my burly trailer to a neighbor mom down the street and immediately regretted it because I just realized mm-hmm. like, oh, this is the funniest mm-hmm. story. So I sold my trailer and then I was like, so how do you like that trailer? Thinking I'd get it back from her. No dice. She loves it. So I went on Craigslist and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to see another one. And somebody put up a double wide, I don't know what they're called. I call them double wides because trailers, <laughs> a double wide burly trailer for like 40 bucks. I'm like, sweet. And it was just I'm at the, you know, one new seasons and I was at the next new seasons over. <laughs> so I like bike over there and I make my own clothes, which means sometimes I wear them to death. And so I, they can look pretty ratty. 
So anyway, I bike over there and it's a no contact purchase, right? And I'm in the, I go up to this guy's driveway and I already like, you know, what do you call it when you give somebody money over the phone, Zelle or whatever it is. So I already did that. And I was in his driveway, hooking up his trailer to my bike and his neighbor starts coming out filming me. <laughs> Being like, oh, so what are you doing there? And I'm like, I'm hooking up this trailer to my bike. Did you, well, you know, I'm the neighbor. I live right here. I'm like, oh, no, I actually bought it on Craigslist. You can totally call whatever his name was, Dan. And, you know, I'm Becky Joe. You can go ahead and ask him. I'm supposed to be here. And he's like, uh-huh. I'm like, uh, you can oh tell because I've got a helmet and headlights. This is my bike. <laughs> and I'm supposed to be behind. Here's my phone. It costs more than my bike. Um, so, yeah, he totally didn't believe me that I was supposed to be there. Oh, man. But I got another trailer for my groceries so I could do those big hauls. But, yeah, I've been mistaken for being homeless a few times now. It's pretty awesome. I, the, I, um, oh, go ahead, Guthrie. Oh, with the trailer, do, would you roll trailer plus panniers or, you know, you're yeah. talking about the evolution. Um, what's, yeah. what's your setup look like these days? So, um, for, it took me about a month to realize I'm never going, I'm never having children again. So I don't need the burly trailer like straps and stuff. So it took me a month before I decided to just cut them out. I'm like, I'm never selling this again. I don't care about this resale value. So I took that out. And so I put a piece of plywood wood down on the bottom to keep that flat. Cause they always had that like foot well, and I don't need that anymore. So I put a piece of plywood down there. So that's my big, big hauling system. I've got two saddlebags that I use. And then, um, that's my major, my major thing. I carry, um, a big kryptonite chain and my U-lock when I've got my trailer and a cable. So I can lock everything up. And then my burly, the, the wheels pop off because I live in North Portland and burly trailers are a very hot commodity. So I take my wheels in with me, um, which stops anybody from casing me. Um, so just to keep, you know, honest people honest. And um, I chain it all up pretty good. I don't use my trailer as much as you'd think. I just take more runs with my saddlebags. Um, I have a road bike. So it sometimes gets mad at me for how much I weigh it down. <laughs> uh, so I'm probably going to be burning out the uh, rear axle soon. I think is that what that's called? Um, the skewer thingy hub thingy majigger. So uh, I, I probably run it a little bit harder and heavier than it should be run, but I like it. And I don't want to switch to a hybrid or anything because I'm snotty like that. Um, so yeah, I would like to, I am checking out though. I'm, I'm into this idea of an electric assist. What do you guys think about those guys? Love them. Okay. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> I just wanted to comment that the best bike is the one that you want to ride. So yeah. whether it's your road bike or an ESS, I think that, yeah, I, th I feel like that can make a lot of sense um, if you're using it like for more than just getting from point A to point B, like if you need to move things around, right? That's one. Yeah. Or there's like big hills or... Um, you know, for folks who are going to work when people did that a lot more than they're doing now, especially if you need to dress up and because sometimes you, it's not practical. Like if you have a long commute and you, you don't want Hallie rot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that e-assist can really, I was going to ask you a question about the trailer because I feel like uh, since, so I feel like before the pandemic, pretty much the way I was getting groceries was by foot walking to my local grocery store or on my bike. And then I felt like I needed to go less often, right? So I was going two, three times a week and I don't have a trailer. And so 
Um, I started, so I do have a, a car that I pretty much use only to go to the grocery store sometimes now. And, and now that we're sort of in this next surge, I feel like I need to do these bigger trips again. So did you, like, if you were going to, did you just, did you decide this is the trailer I want? Or was it just like the clothes? Like, did you look at other ones too? And cause they're all yeah. sorts of like summer. Cause that's what actually what I was thinking of doing is basically getting a kid trailer and then just using it for groceries too. Yeah. To be fair, I already had a double wide burly, which is what I sold. And so I mm-hmm. kind of was getting the same thing and I already knew what the setup and the size capacity was. And I like it because if I wouldn't have gotten that, I probably would have looked for one of those uh, little square trailers meant to put like a, a, a bin in a plastic what are those things called? Those plastic bins you, stock, you store stuff in? Storage bin. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was thinking like getting one of those because, well, it rains, you know, and you want to be, you don't want your stuff to get soggy before you get home. So, um, but no, I found the Burly. It was just one of those kismet things. Um, I do enjoy it. And yeah, you know what it's like to feed teenagers. You know, if you keep trying to do the onesie twosie things, you're going to be there every other day. So um, I've got two teenagers, a nine-year-old, and then uh, the college one's usually in the dorms, but sometimes he comes home and clears me out. So um, <laughs> yeah, having the trailer's really handy because I can... I like to grocery shop and I like to cook and we don't ever eat out. So me spending $250 on a trip is nothing. Like I will, I will spend money on food before I spend money on shoes. I'm one of those. So I will fill up that trailer and I like it. And it works like, Oh, when the farmer's markets are going, it's so cool. And I can still take just the bikes and I'll take a couple of teenagers with me to help be my pack mules. If I go to the downtown farmer's market, but man, when the farmer's markets are going, it's so great to be able to haul a bunch of stuff back. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Oh, and then for the cats, I have two three-year-old cats and a one-year-old cat. And remember, I have a cat backpack, and they really (laughs) like that. It's really a great idea that humans love it, but uh, the cats don't. So the trailer will also hold a couple of cat carriers as well as we're going to the vet. Because we do the... um, the monthly plan insurance thing. So they'll like clip the cat's nails and do the whole shebang. And so um, we just go up to the Lombard vet clinic and yeah, they take care of everything. And they're like, here I up in my little limo with my cat limo. Yeah. Hi. Cat trailer. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was just thinking like cats might, l- might like the trailer better than the car. They certainly don't. Anyway, we can have a. Con- I'm going to ask you about pet insurance later at another time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a conversation about that. But I'll yeah, I love the plan. Further afield than what we we're going to talk about tonight. But, um, huh? Well, that's really. Yeah, I hadn't thought about taking my my pets to the vet. That's a good good idea. Yeah, and then you can haul the big bags of cat food because again, my cats eat like my teenagers do. They're just one of my boys is eighteen pounds and he's just massive. The other one's fifteen pounds, so they are really they're healthy eaters. <laughs> did they take an acclimation period at all? Um, did they like, take a what? An acclimation period. Were, were, were the first time they rode the trailer, were they a bit freaked out um, and then kind of like got used to it, or were they pretty chill right off the bat? Oh, I think, you know, in general, they still hate it. They just aren't trying to dig through the backpack to my back. When I okay. <laughs> put them in the backpack, you know, they're like trying to like claw through to me. Whereas in the trailer, they, they just kind of complain like they do in the car. It's like, I don't like this. I don't like this kind of thing. 
I'm, okay. I'm just thinking I have a dog backpack that I've used on my bike and I'm thinking maybe we have, we should have an entire episode devoted to transporting oh, animals genius. by bike. <laughs> that is brilliant. There are lots of ways to do it. Yeah. And, like putting the little cat in the cat back was one thing. We've got one that's seven pounds and her in that thing is fine. But putting the 18 pounder in the backpack, first of all, he barely fits. And then I think he gets kind of motion sickness. So he's just he's not looking hot afterwards so i think the trailer's better in general yeah i have i've like traveled with my dog lots of different i've had him attached and you know various different different ways so for your how are your kids feeling about it all like it's just part of life now i'm guessing but are they are they grumbly are they just over it are they into it see that would be That's the ultimate goal, isn't it? Isn't it? The ultimate goal for me is to someday find out that it is an integral part of their lifestyle as adults. That is, that's the ultimate goal. And I'm constantly like showing them, you know, as far as environmentally, like this is what our impact is and this is what we are not doing and we're not causing this. And I'm constantly as we're riding and drivers do what drivers do sometimes, like see these are the impacts that, you know, people have and they they become desensitized to other humans when you're in the steel box. You know, I can't kill you on a bike. I I can't, you know, you can kill me, but I I can't kill you. So in, in that kind of mindset where they're a little bit more aware of other humans, other people, um, their impact on society, their impact on the environment. And that is the goal. And this summer, yes, I do think we finally got through. Um, they've all had a bike upgrade except for one. One still will just do for a bike upgrade. But um, the teen boy shot up to six feet tall. So now he's on a bigger bike. Um, the 26-year-old is actually a huge one. Um, he was going out to a charter school in Corbett, then went into the Navy and came out still kind of, well, you know, like the Navy. And um, he's been going to school downtown and is full on. Like, the first thing when he got out of the Navy, he's like, I need to get my driver's license. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Okay. So he went and did that. And then now he's like, I'm never going to own a car. Like, when yes you know (laughs) and then the teenagers are like yeah Zane's never gonna have a car I'm never gonna have a car either you know they all start to like fall into line are they love the autonomy of being able to get on a bus or take their bike and go anywhere and I it's fine I don't have to go pick them up they don't have to consult with me when they have to be home or when they need to be picked up you know they love this freedom and they're finally getting it this year I think with the summer it helps I hate to say that I think maybe COVID helped because then they could only see their friends outdoors and in spaces and spaced out or biking apart from each other. And they were forced to do it, you know, on their own. So to have that freedom, like if I want to be social, I have to integrate this with it. You know, I have to learn the system. I have to learn how to bike. So I don't ask me again in 15 years, (laughs) but I really hope (laughs) they're really excited. You know, they're asking for things for their bikes now or like, you know, Hazel's really into wanting a new bike and Alex got a new, well, new to him, Cannondale is all like tricked out. He's super happy with it. So they're all starting to get more into it. You know, when they want to invest in it, you know, it's a good thing. Yeah, that's my, so my kids, they're not into biking at all, but I haven't given up hope on that, but um, they're both not interested in getting driver's licenses. One's 17 and one's 15. And I was at first I I had to think about it because I just sort of thought they would want to like I didn't 
really think about it. And my older kid was like, ah, I can get around on the bus if I need to. And is now talking about getting a skateboard. And um, cool. yeah, my younger one is, I, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, even though they've like gotten back and forth to high school on the bus, and even though they've seen me bike commuting, I was still surprised that probably because it wouldn't, I was so excited to learn to drive, you know, when I was a teenager. Um, but that was, that was just how we, you know, we weren't really taking the bus. I think it's great that kids here are taking the bus to high school and, and things like that. So, yeah, I think that it's like I was teaching them that, but I wasn't even doing it consciously. It just accidentally happened. Yeah. Maybe I wanted to get the hell out drivers. of Boring, so I didn't want a car. I just wanted to be in the city. So the second I got out of Boring, I was like, why? There's the max. I don't ever have to learn. I don't have to drive. I don't have to do anything. There's always transit, you know, and eventually I did get a driver's license, but not until I didn't learn how to drive really until like I was 20. Oh, Ooh. so you weren't super eager. <laughs> no, no. And I, no. and I, I love that most these kids today you know um, a lot of them don't have driver's license and they don't care to and i love that they are not even in the the whole legalized racketeering of insurance you know the the scam of i paid off the car because you know i sold it and my credit you know report goes down like seriously like i just paid off a forty thousand dollar car and my credit report went down you know eat me seriously I don't want to be in that system anymore. And I'm so glad that my kids won't even have to look at it. You know, just it's all, it's all rigged. I sound, <laughs> I sound like an old man. It's all rigged, but it is. So I'm kind of glad they're not into it. And as far as my teenagers, like I, I'm kind of run a tight ship. I don't really give them a choice. I'm like, you're going to go ride with me today. We're going to go downtown. We're going to go drop off some stuff for your brother. You know, he's in the dorms isolated by himself. So we're all going down. We're going to drop off some stuff down at the park, you know, and then head back home. And I don't, I don't really give them a choice. <laughs> If you want to go see your friends, you got a bike, you know, stay outside, you know, you have to be distant and there's no going to anyone's house. Okay. I may also check in with you later for parenting tips, but we can also <laughs> keep that aside from. <laughs> I mean, I'm curious, um, you know, cause you've been around the area so much. I think of kind of moments and periods of time within Portland's history that it was either uh, more bike friendly or less bike friendly or some would argue sort of neutral. Um, you've been less on the car side of things overall, it seems. Um, but I'd be curious if you have noticed movements or uh, things happening over time through your experience here that were particularly notable or, you know, what, what was it like then? What's it like now? I, you know, my first bike was a purple Univega that had a uh, had a meeting with a jeep and so it had a lovely dent in it um i got it for nothing and that was in 1996 um and i was bartending in my parents bowling alley out in gresham and the bike gallery opened right across the street and i remember seeing a gary fisher go for two thousand dollars and i was like what the fuck who's gonna spend that much and i had like a volvo at the time or i would ride max or something like that you know and uh, or I would uh, ride my bike on the Springwater Trail. The Springwater Trail was new back then. And I was like, who the hell is going to... First of all, there's a bike gallery on Gresham. That was crazy, right? And But there's no bike lanes, you know? And uh, one of our mechanics started working over across the street, the bike gallery. The bowling alley mechanic would work over at the, the bike gallery. And um, that was just a wild time because it was new to me. I mean, I would go downtown and I didn't like... Wasn't involved in any bike culture. I was always, you know... 
riot girl punk kid kind of stuff and I smart ass you know I didn't I knew everything back then you know what I mean like we all knew everything back then and now I don't know anything um so I don't know I I wasn't involved other than you know hanging out at punk shows and going like the satiricon and stuff like that and being just a jerk but you know bartending you know but I, <laughs> I don't know it was it was all recreational to me you know um I would go ride the spring water trail until my legs turned into jelly. And I thought that was awesome. But as for transportation, I never even considered it for myself as transportation. I just liked the endorphin rush. Um, let's be honest, but I, I don't know. I, and I remember like a bike culture and seeing like, you know, I'm such a typical chick. I'm like, God, man, this bike messenger guys are so hot, you know, back then, <laughs> but you would never talk to them because I was never cool enough to talk to them. Um, but that's really all I remember that kind of exploding and seeing them all over. And then, I don't know, I got into corporate hell for a while, worked a lot of corporate jobs. And so that was the end of me being an asshole for a while. Well, that kind of asshole anyway. Um, but now that I'm back into like independent work and stuff like that, I can be that kind of asshole again. It's great. Well, I was about to say, speaking of assholes, which is a really <laughs> terrible lead in for the question I'm about to ask. I I'm an awesome say, asshole. Let's do it. Best yeah. transition was... ever. So no, I was going to say, speaking of assholes, let's talk about Portland's bike culture. And whoever's listening to this, I definitely don't mean you. No, it's not you. It's not you. It's the other people. No, it's that other one. Yeah, but I think... Um, I, Send I don't your know, emails I guess, to the sprocket podcast yeah. at gmail.com. <laughs> right. Well, I think subject, there's some subject yeah. title Joan. <laughs> Joan Twitter account bring it. Joan's the asshole, but um I guess what I was gonna say is some folks within the in the world of bicycling in Portland are really fantastic. I think they're really fantastic folks who are really generous and sharing. And then there are some folks who are not always so awesome. And I guess, you know, because even though you've been biking for a long time, by writing the column for Bike Portland, you, you know, put yourself out yeah. there. I intentionally yeah. did that, yeah, and both for me and for anybody else in my position because y'all are scary. Like somebody, <laughs> somebody breaking into anything that looks like a cliff. Like, like I said, you know, about twenty years ago, the bike messengers downtown. I, there was no way I could have asked them any questions because I wouldn't have been cool enough. And that's how any click or any group looks like from the outside if you're not in it. So let me ask the stupid questions for everybody else so that they don't have to feel like you know, some idiot. So you don't feel stupid while somebody who knows what they're doing is watching you. Like you said earlier about changing a tire, I think before we were recording, but like, if you don't feel like you're good enough to be there, then you're never going to get there. Mm. And I was so excited about wanting to do this and not knowing anything. I thought why, and I had these crazy experiences out the gate with like the box of condoms and the zip car and like all this wild stuff happening that I was like, this is hilarious. You know, let me be the jerk here. You know, literally the, the Steve Martin jerk, you know, and let me ask all the stupid questions and you can make fun of me and I can take it because a lot of people can't take it. So I'll do it for you. I don't mind. I actually thought, so I thought your columns were great because I actually thought the fact that you were there asking questions and it was clear that you were, that, well, to me anyway, it was clear you were intelligent and knew plenty, 
but you were also asking questions. And I do think one of the best ways to be in a new community is when you ask people for their advice on things like people. I mean, people love to share, right? And if about me, what do you think about me? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so did you, I mean, has that generally gone? Like, have you had good, like, I'm sure you visited a lot more bike shops now and spent more time in them and have your, have your encounters generally been positive? Oh, they've been great. You know, um, yeah, everything from I couldn't find <laughs> I couldn't find the the practice bus bike rack that's down at PSU and I'm oh, walking around, yeah. walking around, and I actually walked into the PSU bike hub and they're like, Yeah, it's right next door. And they were super funny and nice about it. They're like, Yeah, nobody can ever find it. And then I go over there, the PSU thing, and I'm like messing with the thing. And the like the director of transportation at PSU, I forget his name, I named him in one of the articles, comes and he's like talking to me. He talks to me for like a half an hour and everyone's so nice. And all you have to do is like ask questions and be like, Hey, I don't know anything. And the second you don't act like some jerk who knows everything. And I think this is a comment on society right here. And I don't know if it's our generation or the one before us, but it's okay not to know something. It really is. I would like for every adult out there to be like, I don't know something and I am not an expert and just admit it out loud. Please be cool and do that. Cause the problem when everyone starts running in their mouth and thinking they know everything and they immediately turn off everyone around them and there's no dialogue. It's okay not to know something. It's okay to not be an expert. And, um, and people immediately will be like, get comfortable when you say and you admit, I'm not an expert. They will immediately be like, yeah, I didn't know that either. And it's so cool to be able to have that camaraderie and grow together. But we're never going to grow together if we all just sit here and be like, I know everything, blah, blah, blah. And if you do that, that's stupid. Well, cool, man. Next. <laughs> mm. I yeah, I think, oh, I I think one of the keys for me when I started bike commuting was having some coworkers who didn't mind me peppering them with questions all the time. Nice, really nice. Helpful. Yeah, I'm that way, like in the sewing community, I'm like, please ask me anything. And there are no stupid questions. Like you can't, there's no such thing as a stupid question, which you don't know, you don't know. And it's, it's amazing. I um, and got in Reddit for a while in some of the sewing groups. And there's always, there's always this person who's immediately out of like fashion school who like has all of these rules that they learn to regurgitate. And, you know, they're all like, oh no, it must be like this. I am a robot. And I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> there's like a hundred ways to do the same thing. It doesn't like, have to be like subreddit can feel like that a bit too sometimes. Oh, I'm sure. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. So it was like really cool being the new person who didn't know the questions and to get so let's be fair here. There's no cadence in text. So you really don't know what someone's emoting mm. when they type. But <laughs> some of the answers were like, kind of open-ended or this is my experience or you might want to try this. And then there's, you're going to get that, no, you must do it like this. This is the only way. And I am very rigid. I'm like, okay, you know, that's cool. <laughs> that was a lot of talking. I talk a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I was waiting to see. I was trying to, I, I jumped ahead of Guthrie before, so I was trying to see if he had a question. It's okay. I like natural pauses too. We can, <laughs> we can sit and be comfortable with let's the moments all, in between. Let's all be quiet and comfortable together. <laughs> <laughs> on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's just what, just what podcast listeners are looking for. Exactly. <laughs> let's, we got to fill that dead air time with more, with dead air. <laughs> um, I, I was kind of curious. So yeah, for our listeners, we were talking a little 
a little bit before we hit the big red button um, about kind of beginner's mind, I think was, is maybe how I'd describe that. And just sort of when you're entrenched in something, uh, whether it's bike culture or sewing or anything in between, um, we start to make these assumptions of what other people have as sort of a baseline piece of knowledge. And so the example we had talked about was um, maybe writing an article about how to change your tire, but then because you're not in beginner's mind, you might assume that people know like how to take a tire off the bike. So write a whole article about how to change it, but not include that part. And, and you could have some readers that are missing out. Um, I'm curious with your experience kind of getting into all of this, um, have you found any places where you found that you already did kind of know or have, have a predisposition towards uh, an aspect of cycling or, or are you like total beginner mind? Like even if you have a thought about how it should be done, you'd still ask sort of deal. Oh, I, yeah, definitely ask. Um, I, I am mechanically inclined. I have a tendency to even pick up uh, beat up sewing machines and take them apart and put them back together. So it's not like I can't do it. Um, I actually kind of, it's a, it's an itch I regularly scratch. I love taking things apart and putting them together. Um, but I'm not, again, I, I'm not arrogant enough to think that I'm, I can't screw it up. It's one thing, you know, to do a $50 sewing machine and just, you know, tear it apart and put it back together. And I haven't had one not fix yet, but it's 50 bucks, you know, whatever. But my only mode of transportation, you think I'm going to take it apart and put it back together? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> you know, mm. I can't risk that. It's my mode of transportation. So, um, I don't know if I can drop names, but Rich over at Kenton Cycles, like he literally puts my bike up on the stand and like, I didn't understand cross chaining. That was like a crazy concept to me. And in fact, I had to teach one of my teenagers what it was recently. And he showed me what cross chaining was. And he showed me like how, like you don't want to have one in the really high gear, one in the really low gear. Cause then you can start slipping things and things get weird. I'm like, Oh, I had no idea, you know? And he like runs through all the gears on my bike and shows me what is good and what bad you know quote unquote what you shouldn't do and how you can start messing up the teeth on your gears if you're cross-chaining a lot and this is stuff like I had no clue you know that's why that's happening and um so there's just little things and I like Rich is really cool because he'll do it in person with me and talk to me through it and this is why like I was kind of bummed as I mean I guess we're all bummed with COVID shut down but (laughs) like I really wanted to go through and do hit different classes and different places around town and write about them, about the experience of being a new person and going in and everyone, cause everyone's so cool anyway, you know, and especially from a female perspective, you know, have a mechanic talk to you like a person, like a human. And we get this in the sewing industry too. You'll get a, a sewing machine mechanic. who will talk to you like, Hey, little pretty lady, you're just going to sew on that. Aren't you? I'll fix it for you. Which is how I started fixing sewing machines. Cause I hate that. So um, I'm like, I'll fix it my damn self. Um, and I would rather, you know, I will pay somebody to fix things for me until you start talking down to me and telling me I can't, and then I'll do it myself. So, and so the same thing with, um, bikes, it was really cool to have somebody speak to me like a human right away and be really cool to me. Not that I've really had experiences differently with bikes here, but you know, it, you still, there's that fear as a woman, once you've had somebody talk to you like that, that they're going to do that. You, know, you take your car in. they're going to, I remember taking an, um, I had a, a V6 Honda Accord years ago and I told him I got a lifter ticket. He's like, no, you can't have a lifter ticket. These don't have lifters. It's a four cylinder. And I'm like, whatever, dude. So I leave and I come back and he had to apologize to me because it was a V6. Like, yeah, I know. Thanks. You know, it, it's just one of those things where you get so used to being talked to because you can't possibly know what you're talking about because you're a woman that it was such a 
uplifting experience to have somebody talk to me like a human. And so I keep going back to him. It's that, that relationship that he built with me on the front set where he was like, you're really going to bike for everything <laughs> and during the winter. And he just took care of me. And so I keep going back and uh, I, I really appreciate him for that. Yeah, having some, um, having, you know, one or two bike shops where you feel comfortable walking in and um, asking questions and you feel like you'll be treated respectfully, it just makes such a big difference. Like being comfortable walking in and, you know, yeah, that thing, I I feel like, yeah, like the more, the more, you know, like, I don't feel embarrassed anymore by what I don't know about bikes but I feel like maybe I did at some point when I knew less and now I'm just like you know whatever I've been bike commute I've been doing this for years on all different kinds of bikes if I don't know something I don't yeah and then and then to go in some place so then I don't I'm not embarrassed if I like sometimes I'm going someplace and I don't want to change you know and I have a flat and I don't want to change it you know like I'm yeah. dressed up I don't want to deal with it I don't want to get messy and I could do it but like it would also be okay you know yeah. not to not to want to do it too like I don't think there's any shame and making space for that is really it's really much more welcoming to new people I don't think I don't think it would be any different than a car. I could change a car a car tire too, but do I want to? I mean, just because I can do something and I've done it doesn't mean I want to go and do it. I mean, it, that's what AAA is for. I mean, not that I have a car now, but you know, it's the same equivalent in mindset now. Like sometimes, you know, I'm grateful for a mechanic that I trust. I know that he'll take care of it for me. Um, in fact, one of our bikes has a flat now, and I'm going to take it into Rich and be like, here, <laughs> fix totally. this. That's and also just, like bread and butter for a lot of shops. So it's, there's no yeah. shame in doing either. <laughs> I was, I was just, yeah, yeah. go ahead. I was going to say oh. anything you can do right now to support shops seems good to me. Yeah. And Rich knows me too. The second I'm in there, it's like a candy store. I'm like, and I need that. And I need that. And oh, you know, you should probably sell me one of those. <laughs> like recently I like, I got some racks for the kids' bikes, and I was like, I just had him sell me the racks because I could install them. But if it was open and things were normal, I would have had him install them just because I could, you know, and support him. But instead, I'll just go buy things and be like, I need, I obviously need more reflector tape to put on things. I just enjoy it. I feel like that's probably true for all of us. Life in general, let's get some more reflector tape. Model cage is a new color. <laughs> for your um experience sort of getting into this if you looking back on your personal experience uh, what would you have chosen to learn first knowing what you know now and for somebody who would not be you what would you choose or recommend uh, in general to sort of as a progression for getting into this okay well yeah, that's not fair um Everyone's personality is different. I am very ready, fire, aim in everything. I, I don't, I'm, you know, if I don't cannonball into the pool, I won't get in, you know? So, um, that is my, you know, again, like a 44 year old, 45 year old, 45, I'm almost 46. Damn. Um, women at my age, you know, I know my personality. I know my type. I know what makes me do something and I know what I won't do. And so like, you know, like I said earlier on, we were lobbing the softball back and forth. We could get rid of the car. We could get rid of the car. And between you and me, could we have absorbed the $1,100 a month fine or done the entire fine? Yeah, we could have reached into our savings. We are privileged enough. We could have done that. We could have eaten it without getting rid of the car. Um, and 
God, it would have sucked, but we could have done it. And think about the people that can't do that, you know? And so we were lobbying it back and forth anyway, and we used it as a catalyst, as an excuse to sell it to the kids, like what you did, um, even though we were thinking about it anyway. And then we did it because that's, I'm a totally obsessive personality. I know if I want to do something, I will go in and learn all about it completely until I can dismantle it and put it back together. And that's my personality. So for me, that's what works for me. And I, w- I wouldn't change anything. I am, you know, all in or not in at all person. Now, somebody else who likes to dip their toes a little bit, you know, maybe they need to go and read the forums first, or maybe they need to go and research everything first. And um, maybe don't sell your burly trailer until you know you don't need it. So you don't have to go find another one. <laughs> you know, don't, don't hoard everything before um, you regret getting rid of it. Um, yeah. I don't, uh, God, I'm not, I'm not good. I'm not good at that advice at all. Cause I'm oh, that's just, good. I think that's great. I'm advice. You're, you're giving it through your perspective and we know where you stand. So yeah. it's great advice in my, in my opinion. I'm not a tiptoe. <laughs> Well, but I think that's the thing, too, is that if you're, I know that there are places where it would be a lot harder, but if you're in some place like Portland and you have a bike, you know, you can probably make it work, especially if you give yourself a little bit of like, you know, you can still take the bus sometimes or still zip car or well. Yeah, yeah. I set myself up with an insurance plan. Sure. Yeah. I I gave myself a budget for like Zipcar, which, you know, I don't have anymore. Like that's out of my budget. I don't have to worry about that. I set up a budget for, you know, bus for Ubers, which I never use. Um, I set up everything. I set myself a safety net for sure. So I could like back out of it uh, if I really wanted to. I could go buy a car tomorrow too if I really wanted to. Um, In fact, at one point we bought the neighbor's car. We had elderly, we have elderly neighbors who um, are doing so well. They're getting rid of one of the cars. And we're like, oh, we'll buy it from you. You know, it was like $2,000 or something like that. I never got it to run. I didn't want to tinker with it anymore. I turned around and sold it. And we regretted it immediately. We're like, what are we going to do with the car? I don't know. What are we going to do with the car? (laughs) I was going to say... You could have you could have pulled it behind the burly. You could have pulled the car for extra, you know, stripped out the engine, used it for some. We're going out to grandma's. (laughs) Everybody load up. (laughs) That's when you want the e assist. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. I keep on thinking about getting an e assist, but like I can't commit to what kind I want. Like I, if I can't commit to something, I won't do it. So I'll just sit in there like him and hob, and I'll just like I won't. I probably will never end up buying one until my head comes out or something. Have you ridden the new uh, Bike Town bikes? I have not. No, I want to for like a like a what do you call that? A little taste. A little taste. Yeah, because I have a drug. Yeah, like I think a good way, you know, to ride a few, see what they're like. They are yeah. really nice. Uh, really, I have not rode one personally, but <laughs> both both my partner and my neighbor upstairs uh, ride them, and they love them. They right. cannot talk. They cannot say I, enough good things about them. I've gotten passed by them, and it's been a really pleasant feeling. <laughs> There's this dude around here. He's like, you know, Hazel and I were going up the hill from Kenton, and the hill, it's like a tiny, like, hill incline. And this guy passes us with a kid on the back. He's like, right past us. I'm like, oh, I love you, man. You're awesome. And I want one. <laughs> yeah. So, my, that's why I, I, um, my my best uh the best reason i ever saw for getting an e-bike uh was there was a 
a, a period of time where every day on my bike ride home, I'd be going over some bridge. It was probably the Broadway bridge. So it wasn't like a huge hill, right? But it's, you know, a little bit of a climb and I'd slow down and then pass me in the lane, all dressed up, sitting up straight, not sweating or breathing hard you know comes this woman you know just do 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 like on this e-bike just cruising by me and I'm oh, like man. man she's got it going on she knows what's up I piss my kids off so bad on that bridge I'm like as we come back from the farmer's market I'm like all the way up it and they turn around and they're like mom your bike is lighter than ours I'm like oh come on muscle it out <laughs> mom stop <laughs> okay I can't this is why you got the upgrade, kids. Right? Well, yeah, but they still go with the hybrid bikes. They're so much heavier. Like, my little, like, lightweight bike, you know, it was, I don't even know what, what's that made out of when they're lightweight road bikes. I don't even know, but it's really light compared to theirs. Like a, a titanium or something. Yeah, like or, or, carbon. I mean, carbon. Or oh. another, yeah. yeah getting know. fancy. Yeah. And do you like, so do you still have, like, the really narrow tires and stuff? And that's your commuter. Uh, or not your commuter, so, that's, but that's your everyday bike. Yeah, um, I had Rich. He swatched me, swatched me out. Like I say, talk good. Um, Schwalbe marathons on them, but they're still narrow. Yeah, because I was getting flats and stuff and sliding out in the ice a little bit. Oh, you know, the first time you run into a parked car, that's awesome. Like when the road's <laughs> wet and I took a quarter too fast, I was totally feeling my oats. I'm like, damn it, man. I passed a dude. I'm like, sweet. I'm going to take this left, you know, off of with like Fremont and stuff like right next to the park in Northeast. And I'm like, I take it too fast. And I'm like, I'm either going to slide out onto this gravel or I'm going to hit the car. I'm taking the car. So like, I bounce off the back of a Subaru. I'm like, did anybody see that? Everybody saw that. All right, awesome. Get back on and go. <laughs> That's it's a super. It'll be fine. <laughs> it, I do fiberglass, man. All right. It was so cool. They're, they're pretty much made for bikes to bonk into them. So. Right? <laughs> See, I, I, to, I have to tell you what the time, if it's basically 32 or below, that is when I am generally not going to get on my bike. That, those are the days that I will hop on the bus instead because... I know, I don't know, I feel like every injury, not every injury, so many injuries I've heard about have to do with a bike and I, you, Aaron, you too, right? Are you, didn't that happen to you? Your my collarbone. Yeah. Your collarbone. My collarbone. Oh. Uh, Oh. Slid on the ice. But (laughs) I like, I want to, I want to also like not turn anyone off to like biking in, in snow be like Don't but, but i'm okay but but if also no yeah <laughs> but also yeah you should you should be safe don't don't um maybe take corners faster than than you should on ice um, yeah i, I bike in ice like in the frost late. in the morning with the kid but we go slow because it's yeah. the kid right yeah and I, oh, I got caught in the hailstorms last year. That was awesome. At night, like drive or biking with your eyes closed at <laughs> night because <laughs> of the hail hitting you in the face. That's probably it's, not the best way to bike, but I did it and it was awesome. No, it's exfoliating. It's it very is, good it for you. It's refreshing. It's, it's I will bike in anything but that stupid wind. Yeah. No, I was, so actually I kind of like biking in the snow, like when there's a little bit of snow, especially if you have good tires, but it's, I'm thinking of like days when it's like 30 and wet and it's just my regular commute, but it looks, it's like suspiciously, you know, like you think it's black black ice. ice. Yeah. 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 It's evil. 
leaves always would get me somehow. What's that? Uh, Leaves being down, particularly Mm. this time of year, are a recipe for Guthrie ending up on the ground. Yeah, my husband's got a a more mountain bike kind of thing, and so he likes to try and take curbs and leaves and stuff and biffs it a lot. It's pretty awesome. Um, I could sit here and chat all night, but (laughs) we should probably move on to our other sections of the show. Becky Jo, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I hope this encourages other people to be, you know, adventurous and curious and get out there. Yeah, indeed. And if anybody's looking to follow up with you, uh, your writings online, uh, what sort of online presence do you like people to know about? Where can folks find you? Oh, my gosh. Um, Let's see. I... I am on the Twitters at Becky Jo PDX. I run and own Portland Frocktails when we can have sewing events again, which is on Instagram. I am also uh, Workhorse Patterns on Instagram for my sewing patterns. Um, and I do have an Instagram that's kind of private because my kids are on there. But if you're not crazy, you can probably find me there too. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, and if you ever do get that e-bike, you'll have to let us know and uh, we'll get you back on for impressions. Oh, that'd be so exciting. Cool. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so again, much. Becky, great Thank you so much. With you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Yep. <laughs> Cheers. Bye-bye. Yay. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Oh, it's pretty fun. Huh? Still mm-hmm. I'm still mumbling. Yeah. I, I want... Oh, sorry. After you, Aaron. No, no, no. I was just mumbling to myself. Hey, I'm still muted. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Why can no I one hear me? Ah. <laughs> <clears throat> oh. Excuse me. Uh, that's that's phlegm from cheese, I promise. Uh, cool. Yeah. No, I we really we could have gone all night. I feel like uh, oh, yeah. we had good going on there. So sorry. sorry yeah, I know. Like I was hard, no, I was hard like, break it. I was going for a soft break, but I didn't land it. Well, no, you did because I was just like, how, well, how do you do this? And then you did it. So I because even though I could have done, yeah, because I because at first we were like a little ways in, and I was like, mm-hmm. it, it already if it felt like it went super fast. So yeah, it did. Yeah. No, it's yeah. all good. That first ten minutes is like, oh, it's taking so long, and then like, boom, fifty five minutes is gone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is the part where. I don't ever know what I'm supposed to do, but you know what? Guthrie and okay. Aaron are here, so that's fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Well, let's first, as always, thank our nationally recognized yes. top beer in Oregon beverage sponsor, The Beer Mongers, on Southeast 12th and Division, now open for more than 4,000 days consecutively. They have a patio outside the place, and if you're lucky, you might be able to catch some sports with sound wafting over the bars. The big stick remains indoor on the ceiling, and as always, thanks to our generous Patreon donors that keep us going. We do this for you. We love you. Stay safe, and thanks for listening. Right on. How about some uh, headlines? I noticed. Oh, I noticed Joan was having a beverage. What are What are you having oh, right now? Joan? Yeah, what are you drinking? <laughs> this is. I'm having. This is. I'm drinking a Diet Pepsi. It's like the least interesting thing <laughs> you can ask me about. I was gonna grab a beer, but oh, I just Joan I, living it up. I know. I know. I didn't. Yeah, I just didn't even think about it, and then. I mean, I I'm, I'm drinking seltzer water, so you know. 
you can place all all those judgments upon me too. So I I don't judge others. It's just not anything. Um, yeah, because you saw me really throwing it back. You probably thought it was something really <laughs> interesting, but it's like no, this is my uh, <laughs> it's just my soda. <laughs> we're we're all on the non-alcoholic train this evening. The beer mongers does have some non-alcoholic beverages. Uh, not a ton, but a couple, I believe. Um, I am having some homemade ginger ale, which is Ooh. tasty and homemade is in my mouth. Yeah, homemade. <laughs> yeah, uh, me and my housemates uh, had some extra ginger left over, so we uh, mashed it up and then boiled it and then poured it into a corny keg. Added a little bit of sweetener, threw some uh, CO two through that chamber, and uh, ah, homemade ginger ale. Right on. Yep. It's not as hard as it sounded before we did it. So. <laughs> <laughs> he very much led the charge on that, and I'm enjoying the fruits of the labor. It sounded a little bit hard. <laughs> uh, if you've got if you've got an hour on Sunday, it's a doable. Uh, I guess you kind of have to have like a keg set up. So caveat, but <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that didn't that didn't hold us back at this house in particular. I feel, I feel like the beer mongers could help with that too, though. Oh yeah, they totally could. Um, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I was like waiting for you to like say some some line or something. It sounded like you were winding up for something. My brain was too, but then that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a great line. The line of the night. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, I'll have to make my way up there uh, next week and uh, hold them in appreciation until then. So thanks as always to the beer mongers for inspiring gingery beverage drinks, diet yes. cola, and seltzer. Uh. I'll, 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 I'll be back to my lush ways on a future episode. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll, we'll hold ourselves to it. Um, speaking of holding ourselves to things, we decided to withhold from our calendar read this week, uh, as many of our listeners may have seen or experienced, we are seeing a increase in COVID-19 uh, case spikes throughout Oregon and a few other states. Uh, so until we get ourselves back into a nice healthy zone on that, we have decided to abstain from reading the calendar this week. Yes. And possibly a couple weeks in continuation. It just, yeah. And I, I'm going to go like a, on a slight rant here. But cue the drums. <laughs> yeah, no, really. Be responsible. I I want to ride my bike in groups. I want to like see my family. I want to go to work. There's a lot of things I want to do, but guess what? I can't do some of those things because it would be irresponsible. Also, wear your damn mask. Wear your damn mask. Okay, there's my slight rant that's actually uh, the held back version and <laughs> right on I cosign you, cosign <laughs> all, that. all right how all about some headlines you, you can't see <laughs> but one of us is, oh yeah <laughs> i was just Good. gonna say i just wish folks could see just like the fire pouring out of your ears right now <laughs> through your headset it's just like kind of scary yeah oh. you know? yeah it's like that, that cartoon where the steam comes out and yeah, it just. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I've just. I. 
I am seeing now firsthand like what I've been fearing, and that is, you know, uh, people maybe not taking this serious enough because it didn't affect them personally, and now it's affecting them personally and those around them. And it's irresponsible. It's irresponsible. I'm sorry. Maybe this isn't a popular opinion with uh, some people in the bike crowd, but um, it it's irresponsible to expose yourself and and those around you uh, to to uh, something that we still really don't know a whole lot about how it affects you. We know what it could do or what it what it might do, but. it's no guarantee just because you're healthy and you're riding your bike that you're going to come out of this. Okay. It's no guarantee that you're not going to come out of this. Okay. Either. It's, it's still a roll of the dice and not taking this seriously enough is part of why we are where we are. It's not just because of the Republicans wanting to own the libs. It's not just because of, you know, your ignorant uncle who is believing some conspiracy theory. It's not just because of, you know, the idiots who believe uh, that this is all caused by 5G or anything. It's because we're not taking this seriously enough. And now it's affecting a lot more people than than we realized or that than we, it should have. Honestly, it's, it's it's way out of hand. It's it's so bad that it's like it's just numbers now. We can't even we can't even fathom it. You know when when we reached one hundred thousand, like uh, was it the New York Times published every name on the front page of one hundred thousand people that had died due to COVID, and now we're like in the millions, right? Or getting close, and now it's just numbers. Yeah, I think uh, the best argument I, I saw, there was a, actually in the New York Times, there was a great editorial last week that basically said, it had a really gloomy headline. Oh, see, now we're, I guess now we're doing that. Yeah, I was <laughs> trying to hold back, but I couldn't. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, I wasn't even going to talk about this story, but I was just going to say it was, it had a really gloomy headline, something like, don't get too excited about the vaccine. But then it had this whole framing that was basically like, the vaccine means there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So now we know that what we need to do, now we know that staying home and trying to be as healthy as possible, some folks can't stay home. They have to go to essential jobs and those people need to be able to save, oh, be yeah. safe to so, do yeah. that. But uh, but because now we have, it sounds like, two potential vaccines, that is exactly why we should be more cautious now the because reason. there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And the healthier we all keep ourselves, the easier it's going to be for um, to get that vaccine seen out into as many of us as quickly as possible yeah i would i would even kind of liken it to trying to exit a a a burning building and if everybody runs to the exit all at the same time we're all gonna like block each other we're gonna pile in we're gonna in this metaphor we're going to overwhelm you know the hospitals and everything if we all we all start letting our guards down too quick too soon just because that there there's a vaccine um the cases are are going to continue to go up exponentially and that vaccine you know i i'm sure it's, it's going to do good but it could do so much more good if we just sort of in going back to the metaphor just orderly 
in a in an orderly fashion just make our way to the exit. I don't know. Okay. Here, here. Everyone done, be right. orderly. Here, here. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> no better, do better. <laughs> All right. All right. Hard pivot. Well, Headlines. <laughs> Line it up. What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike. It's fast. I like my bike. It's fast. I like my bike. It's fast. It circles around the city lights. All right, I've just got one headline this week. There was a great piece that came out um, on November 13th um, in Bicycling Magazine online, and it was by Tamika Butler. Um, and the, the title of the piece is, I love to ride my bike, but I won't call myself a cyclist. And I'll just read a short snippet from it. I have always thought of myself as a person who bikes. More than that, a person who loves to bike. A person who, particularly when the world seems to be falling apart, needs the bike to feel sane, balanced, and healthy. As a mom who is also genderqueer, black woman from the Midwest, there are lots of identities I used to describe myself and plenty of words other people used to describe me, but cyclist has never been one of them. Interesting stuff there. Lots to lots. The, the whole piece is really good. Um, and she's uh, uh, Tamika Butler is a fantastic um, bike advocate. And she was on the cover of Bicycling Magazine a month or two ago. Um, and uh, so I encourage folks to read this piece. It's pretty interesting. Sort of thinking about how you identify yourself within this community. Yeah, definitely. Um, very talented writer. She's out of L.A., right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, she uh, she ran, I don't know, L.A. Uh, Bicycle Coalition or something like that. So she actually, you know, the piece is about how even when she was working as a professional bicycling person, she still didn't even sort of call herself that. Mm-hmm. I think it's good context, too, for just the general. Like, we would want anybody to be able to consider themselves a cyclist, but within that comes acknowledgement that as Tamika was saying, like not everybody um, feels that that can apply. So I think both in the context of cycling being normalized enough that we don't really have to think in terms of like cyclist, non-cyclist, but also for the time that is present, uh, being aware of that effect and doing what one can to, cast the widest net of uh, acceptance and just sort of understanding kind of how we were talking about with Becky Joe tonight. Um, you know, there's, it, it takes a lot of different shapes and forms and ideals and there's no one way to do things. Uh, so we can perhaps get less caught up on what is cyclist and what is not and more, um, I don't know, get to the humanness of the experience or, or the pursuit. Yeah. How do we get more people on bicycles? I think Tamika's got some good words for that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joan. Well, I may not call myself a cyclist either. And I may not have as many titles as I would give myself, but You're not an avid cyclist, Aaron. <clears throat> I I'm a medium vid cyclist. <laughs> I I was, I don't know. No. <laughs> I, I'm, All good. This is a night of terrible transitions. Here's some mail. We got mail. Hey, we got mail. 
from Beckeru Bonsai. I haven't drank booze in nine plus years, and this episode's Rocket Podcast, when they go into mocktails, is everything. Oh yeah, that was, that was our episode with Lily Kerbeck, where she talked about her, um, was it bourbon? Yes, bourbon tea. Mm-hmm. I still got to get some of that, by the way. Yeah, I missed same. out. It, it was sold out when I went to check. I want to get that for family members who who drink, not necessarily to get them off the drink, but just like, like here's here's something that you can have on days that you can't drink. Yeah. Or tell them it is alcoholic, and then just don't ever you know. <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> see what happens. Maybe they'll start carrying it at the beer mongers. <laughs> Okay, so from Sean Martinez, uh, binge listening Sprocket podcast while painting interior walls, episodes 538, 539, and 540. I enjoyed learning more about Tom's cargo bikes. Good to hear Dude Luna getting some airtime. Hashtag cargo bikes, hashtag home built, hashtag Frankenbike. Aramondo. Yay. From listener Greg Braithwaite. Hey, folks, I was just listening to the November 8th show slash ep540. Thanks for the shout out at the top of the show. Especially important episode with the topic of non-alcohol. See, non-alcoholic, it's it's a thing. It's non-alcoholic drinks. Wow. I have to work pretty hard to keep my boozing within parameters. I feel like I've expressed this before, but I can't wait for when the time is right to head back up to your area for some bike riding. Lately, I've been thinking so much about my last train, rental, car, Pacific Coast bike tour I did. This spring, question mark, question mark. I'll keep you posted. Cheers. I'm going to work on some bike vids since long distance learning teaching has overtaken me. I felt a bit <laughs> less inspired, but I, when I do work on them, it's always real fun for me. If you give me a mailing address, I'll send you some bike vids merch. Peace, Greg. And for our listeners, if you didn't get a chance to check out the bike vids channel on YouTube, he dropped a new there. episode this week. Oh. So, yes. um, yeah, give it a check out. It's really good. And Greg, you should um, not have to wait till the spring. We would love to have you on the show because we can meet over the magic of the internets. Oh my gosh. How magical. Yeah, we'll be in touch. (laughs) Thanks for writing. Uh, And that concludes our mail for this week. I don't have a mail conclusion sounder. Oh, okay. All right. The mail's done. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) Mail's done. You got mail. Not, Brock's going to turn that into healthy. something. You know that, Joan. <laughs> That's fine. You do that, Brock. You do that. Dangerous words. I, 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 there's so much subtlety to the show, and I am like, I need it in bold and blinking, uh. and maybe at some point I'll figure it out. <laughs> I, I did not realize there was that much subtlety to the show at all. Wait, it was so subtle I missed it. What are we talking about? <laughs> you're you're missing that I that on every single show I'm I'm always like, what's supposed to happen now? Even though I'm looking at these show notes <laughs> that says <laughs> I don't know how to do the transitions. The, the, did, I think by I think tonight has shown you that we don't either. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean? We just make all this up. <laughs> Don't tell. It's a trade secret. Oh, sorry, Tim. I'll, I'll look for a letter That's from right. legal. Don't talk about the sausage being made. That is that is the one rule, right? The one hard rule that we always follow. Yeah, never break that rule. I 
I don't even know what the rule is now. So don't talk about the sausage being made. Oh, oh, don't talk I thought about it was, how the sausage is made. I thought it was be subtle. And <laughs> be <was> subtle. <laughs> We're all winners here. <laughs> I think. All right. I think Joe, what you interpret. I think what you interpret as as subtlety is really just us not knowing what we're doing because we've been doing this for so long we just sort of kind of go you know but in all honesty we don't really know like we just do this we don't really i think know. it's great i'm glad to not <laughs> know along with you then uh, thank yes. you yes so when whenever you find yourself with the question of like what should i be doing now whatever you want feel free to interrupt us at any given time I think okay. I feel pretty free to do that. Okay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, there's a thing the on the screen no, that says no, outro. No, no, I'm <laughs> hey, <laughs> speaking of awkward transitions. <laughs> the best kind of awkwardness is awkwardness with friends. There you go. <laughs> All right. The Sprocket podcast was formerly produced at X-Ray FM Studios. Thank you, X-Ray. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter and Instagram at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Hurtbird for our headlines sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to the generous support of our Patreon supporters and listeners. Shadowfoot. Wayne Norman, Eric Iverson. Cameron Lean, Richard Wazenski, Tim Mooney. Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Weiss. Todd Parker, Chris Smith, Caleb Jenkinson. JP Keeley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Marco Lowe. Rich Otterstrom, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder. Anna, Andre Johnson, King of Division, he's looking at us through the Zoom call, and Richard G. Guthrie Straw. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of The Regreenery. Campsite, McNurse David, Nathan Bolton. Rory in Michigan, Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay. Tim Coleman, Harry Hugel, E.J. Finneran. Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skadow, Keith Hutchison. Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam. Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore. Todd Grosbeck, Chris Barron. Chris Barron. Chris Barron. Barron. Sean Baird, Simon Pace, Gregory Braithwaite. Ryan Morrow, Dude Luna, Matthew Roots. <laughs> Marshall, Paula at Funatake Cycle Craft. Philip M. Spartandale, no relation. Mr. T, who never really left, Bike Initiative, Kiwana, Sarah G. Adam D. Go dig a hole. Beth Hammond. Greg Murphy. Myra Martinez. Oso. Isaac M. David Christensen. 503. Byron Patterson. Kristen Graham. Our newest donor, Aaron G. And to all of our former donors who've helped us get this far. Now wash your hands. And wear your mask. And go to bed. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yay. 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 <laughs> we Digital did it. Digital high five. <laughs>